Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listening to the Music and Concert Zone with Johnny Lightfoot and Trent Falcone on 975 1280 Zone. Oh my god. They let us back in the building, Trent. Week two. I know. Week two. I think we somebody wasn't paying attention. Nope, they, we were able to somebody, sneak past security, get right into the studio. I'm just going to tell you, somebody fell asleep on yep. their post. And guess what? We took over the microphones once again. Why would you let us do that? I have locked the door. No one is getting in. It's kind of like pirate radio right now. That's it. Well, if you're wondering what's going on, this is 975-1280 the zone. I am Johnny Lightfoot. Trent Falcone's right across the desk from me over here. This is the Music and Concert Zone, where we talk everything music-related, music news. We talk about concerts. We just talk music, and I dig it. And there's a lot to talk about. Oh, man. As always. There's always something going on, this right? This show's not going to be long enough. We're going to need two hours soon. I'm ready for... Hey, but let's hey, go. let's not jinx it. We got in the building two weeks in a row, so let's leave it at that. Yeah, we're getting lucky so far. Two weeks. You know, though, Trent, they have uh, they have ordered us graphics, so it must be a serious thing now. We have graphics coming for our show. We got a sound guy doing our names at the beginning of the show. We've got graphics. We're almost real. And we're gonna have to do a photo shoot. You told me. Yeah. I'm not wearing a polo. I'm just no gonna polo? go. I'm just gonna go down on record and tell you that right now. <laughs> but, Sorry, Kurt. No polo. I love it. We'll have you out in like a, a deserted alley near the heavy metal shop. That's cool. We'll take a shot. I can do that. That'd be a good one for you and I. All right, yeah. Well, Trent, some really interesting things have happened, and I kind of want to start here. Uh, We had a couple major shows happen at USANA Amphitheater. Yeah, it's been a busy busy week. Uh, Dirk's Bentley, Mm -hmm. uh, the Beers on Me tour, and... um, Maroon Five. So just See, a I've couple already of small, I, oh, small yeah, artists, small right? shows. Yeah, small shows. Yeah. Uh, well, were you at the concerts? I was. I was at both. Um, again, I said this last week. Uh, just spectacular to see people and live music. Just spectacular. I don't care. You know. You know. I I understand. Not everybody loves country music. Not everybody loves pop music. Whatever your genre sure, is. Sure. Sure. Uh, it's still just absolutely cool to see people again. Yeah, right. And uh, both shows attended very well. And, uh, you know, Maroon 5, I was having a moment where I was, you know, I don't think of myself as a 
as, as a big Maroon 5 fan. Mm-hmm. Yet every song they played, I knew. Oh, yeah. I found myself singing along to Lots a few of, of them, humming along. Okay. Um, and the crowd just loved them, just, uh, just absolutely elated to see them. So uh, let me ask you, were you, were you backstage chasing uh, Adam Levine around trying to get a photo and an autograph? No comment. Okay. No comment at all. Okay. That's fair enough. But they did great. There was a great, uh, great attendance, great, uh, just great energy, great show. And again, more hits. Again, it's just one of those bands where you go, oh, yeah. I forgot about, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And almost every song in the set was was that way. And then Dirks, I'm a little less familiar with Dirks Bentley, but it was still, again, just the energy. And, um, man, if you go to shows, you know, or if you play shows or whatever you do, just people were so excited. Mm -hmm. Just so happy and dancing and smiling and just uh, just happy to be there, you know, and singing along and... And a beautiful weather. You know, the air was a little dodgy, but aside from that, it was wow. a beautiful night. Both nights were beautiful. It was great. So That's okay. Now, I want to touch on something that you kind of skated over really quick there. You said there Me was Me chasing a... him for an autograph backstage? Yes. We're going to get to that. I skated over that quickly. <laughs> we're going to get to that. No, you said it was packed. Yeah, it was. Maroon 5 was, um, you know, basically a, a sellout. Okay, great. And, uh, Yeah. That's awesome for concert goers, concert, well, not only concert goers, but the performers. That's great. That's good news that music is back. I mean, we've talked about this before off air, but we have talked about the, is there, was there going to be a place for live music again after, after the pandemic, after COVID, you know, because artists found a way they were doing live streams. And I'll tell you what, the live streams are definitely uh, a lot less cost are they more cost effective than uh probably going out on the road so i started wondering well is this is this our new future sure no i mean there's no but right we all know if you go to a show i you know i i can sit on youtube for hours and watch uh bands right i can watch that all day mm-hmm. yeah but it's not the same no it's not anywhere near the same i it's I not agree. there is nothing like a live show it just there's no no two ways about it. Okay, let me I mean, ask you, you can't this. compare it. At, uh, at the very end of last year, the beginning of this year, KISS did a live concert, a live stream concert in, uh, in the Middle East. Oh, I think it was it Dubai? It was. It was Dubai. Did you watch it? You know, you're going to slap me. Uh, I did not. Wow. I did not watch okay. it. I did not watch it. It was, I believe it was, see? <laughs> <laughs> Do that again. Hold on. Ah. There we go. Okay, anyway. Now that's better. Uh, no, I was, I was on New Year's Eve. Yes, it was. Yeah, I had, um, I had, uh, you know, things going on where I was not really able to watch it. And okay. I went back to, to check it out later. And just like I said, you know, I am a fan, as you know, I'm a big Kiss fan, but, um, it just doesn't compare to the live, the no. live event. And you that's know? what I was It was still say. obviously spectacular, right? I mean, they do what yes. they do and it was... It was, you know, massive, and it, you know, they're they're great. They're they're as entertaining as ever. But it's just all it made me want to do go see was them see live, them right? live. Yes. Yeah, it and just made me think I can't wait until I can see them again. I agree, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it aired at like 10 a.m. on New Year's Eve day. That was the other problem, right? Yeah. It, and depending I, on where you were in the world, yes, you had to get up at like seven in the morning to celebrate <laughs> yes. New Year's Eve. So, it, and and I I loved every minute of it, but honestly, about about the time the concert was to end, I, I mean, I know the set list, so I know what's coming. I kind of found myself like looking around the room a little bit, 
looking at my, you know, the food I had on the table going, oh, I wonder if I should get some more of this, which at the live show, you I don't would do. not have done. No, I would have been do. screaming. I would have come home with, I would not have had a voice. Sure. Because I would have sang every song. And and this was my, my son's first experience with Kiss. Watching you know, that was. Well, I mean, he's seen YouTube videos and but, he's seen and listened to the records and watched me dance around and sing the songs. But he's the not house. seen them live. But he's never seen mm-hmm. them live. He is going to see them live in September at USANA. Well, it's a great, you know, again, it's it's entertaining. It's great to see it. it. You can absolutely sit and watch it, but it just doesn't compare. No, you have to be around uh, screaming fans and you have to you have to feel the uh, pyro. You have to feel yes. the heat of the pyro and you have your ears have to ring. And, That's you true. know, the people in back of you have to be jumping into you and screaming. And it's just, you know, waiting in line for a T-shirt. Right. And getting your, you know, whatever your food and beverage choice. It's and an experience. Sh- yeah, talking to, to people. Bottom. And, and I, you know, I always love it when they start a song. And, you know, there's an eruption of, of uh, yeah. you know, there's a group that cheers and they yell and scream when they play their favorite song. I mean, that you don't get that on your couch. No. No, absolutely I not. I mean, I suppose you can yell when they play your favorite song, but it's not the same. Well, the, yeah, then, then someone the from the other room's yelling at me to be quiet. To be quiet, yeah. yeah that's, turn that's turn different. that down. No, and it's that, no good. That brings up an interesting point because the concert experience is not so much about me being at a concert or you being at a concert. It's about everybody being at that concert together, experiencing it together, and almost one united vibe between everybody. Well, you've all seen it, right? If you go to a show, um, you're instantly friends with your neighbors, right? Yeah. I mean, everybody is high fiving. Spilling alcohol on me. Well, I guess that occasionally happens, but everybody in general is uh, unified. Mm-hmm. Everybody's happy. Yeah, you you start talking to people that you don't know. You start comparing stories. You start talking about when you saw them last time, or you know, somebody comments on your shirt. Oh, I haven't seen that one before. I mean, it's just a, it's a social event, obviously, and it's just. You just don't get it any other way. I mean, just talking about it makes me like I, I, I want to go. go I want to go back to a show now. Yeah, I'm ready too. Well, let's let's get started here with some music news, Trent. And uh, there seems to be an alarming trend happening, and I want to get your take on it. We kind of touched on it last week with the whole Prince thing and his family releasing it, his music, unreleased music. But this is something a little different. Major artists such as Stevie Nicks, Bob Dylan, Shakira, the uh, the Fleetwood Mac, Fleetwood Max, bands like that are selling off their publishing rights. Yeah, this is a thing now. This is becoming a big thing. I've heard about this maybe five to ten years ago, like smaller artists doing it, which made sense to me. But the bigger artists are now getting into it, and I gotta tell you, they are getting a lot of money lots for this of stuff. Money. Lots of money. And I'm trying to I'm trying to weigh the options here. So basically what we're talking about is you release a record, you have let's say Def Leppard, for example, Hysteria. They sell off their publishing rights to Hysteria, which means licensing can make their own Def Leppard Hysteria shirts. Uh anytime animals used in a movie, it can be they don't get the money or they have to split the money with someone. So they're missing out on a lot of money, but you as the individual can buy this. So you Trent or me, Johnny could go out and buy a piece of I don't know Air Supplies. You know, Lost in Love if they were selling it, and anytime that song is used in a commercial or movie, I would get a piece of that money depending on what my percentage is that I bought. And how do you feel about that? From a guy who's broke, I love it. 
Well, fair enough, I guess, yeah. From an artist, it makes me wonder. It's like, okay, for example, uh, I think we were talking uh, these these other bands, Bob Dylan, for example. Let me just double check this figure. But wasn't I, he? He was one of the first to do it recently, right? In yes. the last year or so, wasn't he one of the first? I feel he was. He was, and he sold it for millions. And I think hundreds of millions. And if I'm not mistaken, to be exact. Four hundred million. Well, it always. Uh, my goodness, what uh, I, the part that I'm curious about is, what makes you decide that at that point in your career? At this point in your career, exactly. You're Bob Dylan. I mean, do you get? I mean, and, and name somebody more popular, more iconic, more legendary than Bob. D- I mean, there are obviously others, right? But Bob Dylan is why probably... now? Why do you do that now? Like, I mean, he's been, right. his career. How long has he been? He's been around for decades, forever, decades. Ever. Bob Dylan. Why now? And you can quote me on this. And a lot of people aren't going to like this. But Bob Dylan is probably the greatest American songwriter. I don't think everybody would argue with that. I think a lot of people would absolutely agree. You may not like his songs. You may absolutely hate his voice. But his songs, in my opinion, are legendary and, like I said, probably the greatest American songwriter of all time. He sells it for $400 million. Now, I'm looking at this from, let's say, a business standpoint. $400 million is a lot of money to anybody. Sure. Now, at this point in his age, is he selling it off going, I'm never going to make this by the time I pass away? That's what's interesting, right? Like, why now? Right. You know, you. I'm not certainly not suggesting this is Bob Dylan's story, but you do hear of bands that you know sell things off because they're, you know, they're having financial issues or whatever. That obviously makes sense, right? I mean, if you're sitting on a uh, a catalog of music that you know you can cash in on and you're having uh, financial issues, clearly it makes sense. But you know, a lot of these guys are just not in that position they don't you know the famous oh they don't need the money why on earth do you i mean yeah what makes you do that now i mean i have to assume many of these guys that are doing it right are sure are have more money than they're ever ever going to spend their families 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 are ever going to spend but does it come down to legacy does it come and, and this is just me saying why an artist should hold on to it does it come down to well, yeah, I've got more money than I'll ever need. My kids will ever need and their kids will ever need. But what about after that? Maybe I need more. Wow. Well, and the other thing we talked about last week is don't you kind of, you give up control, too. You do. Right? Yeah. You give up control. Well, so. yeah, like like let's say Bob Dylan sold, and I'm just saying, I'm throwing out names. This is nothing confirmed. Walmart buys some rights to it, right? And now they can produce any Bob Dylan shirt and sell it. Or produce reproduce records and sell them. That family gets nothing. Bob Dylan gets nothing. Well, or depending on how much they sold it for. Like for example, like fifty percent of Whitney Houston's estate, you know, was sold, and the majority stake in Ray Charles' pre nineteen sixty four publishing catalog was sold. So, it brings up an interesting point there. What is better, the money now, or? You've already made a lot of money, and just keep keep those keep that mailbox money coming in. Well, again, I would think uh, a lot of these guys too. You know, um, as we discussed with Prince, right? You know that that there was a time. I would assume uh, that these guys are probably pretty particular about what where their music lands and what where their face is and that kind of thing. And sure, 
again, if I understand it correctly, you sort of lose control of that. Um, and that seems interesting that you would that you would just say, OK, you know, I almost wonder if that's accurate, though. It seems like you almost there's got to be. Don't you think some of these guys write in some sort of clause that well, I don't they think, have to approve? I mean, I guess not. If I you're selling know. it, probably not. I'm, I'm not I really think up on, not, you know, music law. But I, I knew some friends of mine and I don't want to mention their names, but they uh, they sold off that particular uh, record that I'm holding up right now and showing you. I'm not going to tell our listeners because I don't want to give away who this is, but he only sold off a portion of it, like 15 percent. See, that makes sense. But what's interesting to me, and I know we're going to hit break here in just a second, but it's not just the older artists. Imagine Dragons. I still consider them a fairly new band, even though they've been around a while. Sure. They're still a fairly, compared to Bob Dylan, Sure, you know, sure, yeah. they're infants. They sold off, let's see, publishing and recording company Concord Music Group acquired publishing rights in the Imagine Dragons catalog for a rumored nine figure sum wow that's, imagine that's unbelievable and then of course there's there's the, the sad stories of uh, like taylor swift you know her music rights were sold to shamrock capital but not by her right and this is this is really interesting by scooter braun who bought swift's rights from her former label boss scott i'm not even going to try to pronounce his last name and then sold them all without her approval mm-hmm I mean, it's really interesting. Brutal. Yes. It's called the music business. Right. Right. It's the music business. But that that one is uh, that one is a particularly I mean, that's brutal. But the flip side to that story, what did she do? She came back and re-recorded everything. Right. Genius. Yes. Genius. Redo it. Under, Genius. Yes. New mechanicals. Yeah. Completely new mechanicals. And just to kind of continue on this, the Killers sold their publishing catalog to Eldridge, a Connecticut investment management company. And, of course, Stevie Nicks, this was in uh, last December, sold the majority of her publishing rights to Primary Wave in a deal valued around $100 million. And then Bob Dylan, of course, breaking the bank while he sold, uh, let's see, See, Bob Dylan made major waves when he cashed in to the tune of some $400 million selling his songwriting catalog to Universal Music Publishing Group. The deal also included some of the rights to the band's first album, including their hit track, The Weight. Wow. That's a massive. That's massive. Massive check. Well, we're going to take a break. We're going to pay some bills. Um, it's an interesting conversation. We do not we have. have a catalog that we can sell, if, if, so we have to take a break. Look, I do have a catalog well, that he I does. can sell. Sure. Probably no one will want to buy it. They may give well, me 20 bucks And a cheeseburger. Maybe. That's kind of sweetens the Hold deal. Hold the cheese. <laughs> Probably no cheese, just the burger. Okay, but coming up, we are going to take a throwback record to the early 90s that kind of flew under the radar for me. Until the mid-90s. I missed it by three years because oh. I was still stuck in the uh, hair metal, wearing oh. lipstick, I'm still going to be poison stage. Oh. And I missed and I this was band. obsessed yes. with this record and band. And oh, goodness. We oh. call that a tease here, Trent. You yeah. like that? Yeah. You like that? I got you. And then, of course, we're going to get on with the... Uh, uh, the, the live co- concert calendar coming up. But, hey, you are listening to 97.5, 1280 The, Vo- the Zone, Johnny Lightfoot, Trent Falcone. We will be right back. You're listening to the Music and Concert Zone with Johnny Lightfoot and Trent Falcone on 97.5-1280 The Zone. 
1280 The Zone. This is a record, Trent, that just screams. Man. Literally just screams. He screams. If that does not make you feel young and that doesn't make you want to just run through the streets and (laughs) I don't even know what. I don't even know what to say about that song or this this record or this band. That's right. Mm. Well, you are listening to 97.5, 1280 The Zone. This is the Music and Concert Zone. The music we are playing right now for the throwback of the week is Rage Against the Machine, self-titled Rage Against the Machine record. Came out, which I was kind of surprised here, Trent, 1992. Yes. Oh, yeah. I mentioned this in the last segment. I missed that. I totally missed that. I was still listening to uh, rock and roll bands thinking that, you know, glam rock music was going to last forever and never go away. And this record flew under the radar until about 94 for me. Wow, interesting. So I missed it by a couple years. No, this was part, absolutely part of the uh, the wave of, of music that killed uh, killed that rock genre. Rock and roll, was this called killed, rock and roll? Yeah, it killed the hair metal, whatever you want to call it. This I know everybody uh, sort of gives Nirvana the credit for that, which sure. is, is certainly true. Uh, but this album and this band absolutely took part in that as well. They, they, I worked in a record store at the time, and I had an advanced copy of this, and I was just absolutely blown away. And like you, I'm a metal guy. I'm a rock guy. Mm-hmm. I liked all that rock stuff, too. I still do. Uh, but this was, I mean, you know, not to say I don't want to sound like, oh, I knew they were going to be. No, I'm not doing that. But it was unbelievable, right? When I heard Yo, it, it was man. just like my buddy, I was in a band with at the time, uh, I said, Man, wait until you hear <laughs> this new record from Zach. Of course, Zach uh, De La Roca, the singer. The singer. He yeah. was in a band called Inside Out prior to this, and it was a hardcore band. And um, so all of the hardcore, the Salt Lake hardcore kids were uh, excited to hear whatever this new Zach project was, was going to sound like. So they didn't know about Rage until this record was released. They knew Zach from his previous stuff, and sure, they knew I mean, about this quote-unquote new band coming well i mean i you know i don't remember exactly the details i just knew getting word that zach had been signed right to a major label and and i you know it's been a while but um yeah i got an advanced copy of it and we played it at the at the store and uh, after hours of course because you know there are some certain words in there that you can't play uh, over the pa but uh no it was unbelievable it just i i i mm. was taken back by it and, and it had a huge influence on on what i wanted to do in a band and sure um it was incredible i went to see them at club deviate did you ever go there i did i played it's deviate a gone. few times it's now sure. gone yeah. a lot of the great clubs from our time and this is a conversation <laughs> for another a day a different yeah absolutely. man there was some great venues here the speedway yeah no no Zephyr, yeah. of course spanky's so, uh deviate I think I went to see them. It may have been a month before the record came out or a month after wow. the record came out. But there were literally 90, 100 kids there, and it was all of the Salt Lake hardcore scene, the straight edge scene. It was it was very much to show up to see Zach. Mm-hmm. And, uh, again, you know, I went up – if you went to Club Deviate, you went up, what, th- four levels, four stairs. Yeah, depend- you know, well, there was, was a- several venues yeah. inside, if I'm not so, mistaken. you know, you had to kind of hike to get to the main floor. Sure. And right at the top of the steps, they had a merch booth with one T-shirt for sale that it looked like they had stenciled themselves, <laughs> right? They probably did. I think it was like 12 bu- 10 bucks, probably. Yeah, yeah. Totally bought it. 
God, and then I got rid of it years oh, ago. I, ah, so oh. somebody out there who found the original Rage Against the Machine t-shirt at Thrift City or whatever. You'd like it back? I'd like it back. Okay. I'll give you $40 for it. Anyway, <laughs> uh, bass player Tim? Tim. Tim. Yeah, Timmy. Well, Timmy C is how he's labeled on the record. Yeah, standing right by the merch stand at the top of the steps, hands in his pocket, just... Chilling. Chilling, unassuming, you know. I'm like, girlfriend at the time, I'm like, that's the bass player right there. And of course nice. said hello and like, oh my God, I love your record. And, you know, almost seemed embarrassed and sure. like smiled and said thanks and put his head down. And they just they just blew everybody oh, away. Cool. They just destroyed the place. And then came back, you know, maybe a year later and, and opened for House of Pain at really? the same venue. Who? Now, of course, it was sold out. <laughs> yes. Now there were more people there. Uh, but I would say more than half the audience left after Rage. Wow, finished. Well, I remember, and you said it was uh, music changing for you, like like what you wanted to do musically. I had uh, at this time I had stopped the hair metal scene and I had fallen deep into the grunge scene and rock and roll, and then I heard this record, and it was groove. It was riff based. You know, there wasn't singing. Zach doesn't sing; he raps. And, and screams stuff and screams and screams but like no other. Tom Morello, genius, genius. Well, I, again, genius. we talked last week about new artists and having a, a shtick or having a niche where you don't sound like anybody else. When right. you hear, when you hear certain artists, you immediately go, "That's this band." Sure. And this Rage Against the Machine is one of those bands. Now, name an, name them? another band that sounds like or another guitar player that sounds like Tom Morello. No, no one. No and and probably it's the smart play, right? Nobody really has tried to imitate him. You would just be because a, you'd be it would copycat. be it would be silly, right? right? He just he just kind of has a sound that nobody else really matched. No, right? I mean, well, even even when uh, Rage ended, and they hired Chris Cornell to front, <clears throat> excuse me, to front Audio Slave, right? I still could tell that was Tom Morello playing guitar. No, absolutely, but it's the classic, you know. See, I didn't, I didn't like them as much because for me, you know, for starters, I've, I've always loved rap music. I've sure. always loved hip hop. So even back then I loved, you know, when I, lo you know, I've always liked all sorts of music. So to hear a metal slash hardcore slash, you know, punk slash hip hop band put all of those elements together. I mean, I know everybody really from that era always loved the Beastie Boys, yeah. and for me, they're still cool. They didn't real, they didn't do it for me as much as Rage Against the Machine. Man, I thought they sure. were like they, they were like my dream come true again. Rap, almost gangster rap, screaming vocals, heavy mm -hmm. guitar riffs, just pissed. I mean, it was just absolutely incredible. And I went and saw them at Lollapalooza too, no, which wow. was. I mean, as many things, as many shows as we've been to or you've yeah. played or whatever, you know, I can't really remember all of them crystal no. clear, right? No. But that I can still remember standing. Where was it? Ogden Fairgraph yeah, Fair Park or something? Yeah, I think it was up there, yes. I went the night before and stayed in some little motel. <laughs> you did? So I could, oh, yeah, I wanted to be. That was when I was young and I would go line up, right? Because okay. they were on first. Sure. So it's like, we got to go. We got to get there early. You got to get in line. You got to be right up front. Yeah. And I was- No in, reserved seating. No reserve. No, you're in a dirt field. Yeah, right. And um, they You want to be up close and get in the mosh pit? That's where you go. Well, and they're on a half an hour, right? So you right. don't, don't want to miss them. So, no, I'm there, and um, they just, again, they just absolutely destroyed the place. Yeah. And, of course, there was a pit, and we're in a dirt field. 
So when they were done, everybody was talking and smiling, and everybody had dirt and mud in their of teeth. Of course, yeah. Right? right. Like all, everybody's teeth were covered in mud. Uh, because it, of course it was just a, a big a dust cloud oh, yeah. of people. Like remember the them. second Woodstock that happened? Pretty much. It wasn't one? quite that extreme because it was dry, but right. everybody just oh, it was unbelievable. That's so cool. They if you have not seen them, uh, sorry, they're, they're, well, sorry, <laughs> yeah. sure, but they are playing, and now it's 2022. I believe they've moved their tour again. If you get a chance, did you ever see them? I saw them open up for U2 oh, at, sure, uh, sure. at the University of Utah Stadium. Which, how was that? See, I did not go to that because I, I thought, eh, that's, I don't know. It seems like it's not it there. Was, it was a weird blend. Um, rage is rage, sure. and U2 is pop. Sure. And it was cool to see both bands, and it was a legendary show for sure. But I felt, like we talked about last week, Aerosmith and Kiss touring. You know, at, by the time Kiss was done... The guy with the Gene Simmons makeup was singing Aerosmith songs. Sure. It just didn't look right. Except me. Right. Except you. I was, I, I was ca- singing both. I was in the casino lounge. But, <laughs> but anyway. both of them. But, but together, you know, I got to be honest, um, I was kind of the energy Rage put off was so big and powerful that you 2 almost seemed like a letdown. Well, I was just going to say, right? So you 2 is not no I mean they're uh, they're a great band but they're yeah they're obviously a whole different style um so to uh, to have to follow but obviously you know they're fans right that's right. how they ended up on the tour I mean right. obviously you two they 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 were fans and obviously the political stance and you know it makes complete well, sense Well Bono's very political Absolutely himself, so. so it makes sense it makes why sense. they would have done it but that is not a band uh that I would want to follow I mean that's again no the way. House of Pain that's when House of Pain was really Kind of writing the the hit, and uh, there was just no comparison. You didn't want to you didn't want to follow that band. I is mean, it sad for me to say I don't remember House of Pain and jump you around? Said jump, well, House there you of go. Pain, House yeah. of Pain, you know. Yeah, jump around. Speaking of selling things, I just read an article that they uh, that's been like twenty years ago since that wow. song came out, and that song basically paid for you know their entire Oof. their entire lifestyle. They should sell their one song. hit, man. That's all you need. <laughs> they should sell their song. Well, speaking of bands from the past, Trent, a couple of uh, major players back in the late 80s and even early 90s have released two, well, not two, but each band has released a song, a brand new song within the last week. Guns N' Roses released a new song called Absurd. When you first came here to the studio, uh, I played you a little bit of it. Hadn't heard it yet. I have to say, I thought it was... (laughs) That was my head on the table. (laughs) (laughs) Head <laughs> oh. <Ed> banging. <laughs> oh. oh, he just smacked his gob on the desk. I did. Oh. I dropped a piece of paper while you were talking and went down to pick it up oh. and just nailed the Goodness side of the table. Goodness gracious, look it's at awesome. you. That's, now I've got another bump see, on my other yeah, side. Yeah, that's why we're not going to do a camera. <laughs> well, um, GNR released yeah. the song Abs- uh, Absurd. And it has about 1.4 million views on YouTube in a week. And I got to tell you, it sounds like Guns N' Roses. It's heavier than I expected. It's heavier, but it's, and I'm going to get to this in a minute, it wasn't Guns N' Roses to me. And then, of course, Billy Idol released a song called Bitter Taste about his Hollywood, I think it was 1990 when he was in Hollywood and he had a major motorcycle crash, almost killed him. And uh, he has now kind of revisited that and wrote this song about it. And he's he's still pushing about 450K views. Yeah. And I got to tell you, we talked briefly about this as well. 
Billy Idol is still cool. He still looks cool. He has not aged right. a single day. No. He looks, I mean, he's in better shape than everybody. He can still sing. He can still sing. He looks great. Um, wasn't he just here like he was supposed to be here like he a was. week ago? I wasn't he? he? Or am I making been. this up? I'm not, I'm not certain, but I did hear something about him coming or he's on his way. But I'll tell you. Go see him if you haven't, especially if I think Steve Stevens is uh, the, his guitar player all throughout the 80s, all the big hits with Billy Idol. He was on that and played that, and they reunited, and they're back together doing it, and man, what a show that will be. Because like I said, Billy Idol is cool. He still is a rock star. He still looks a rock star. He still looks punk. He still looks like he could walk up and just destroy a stage. He could. Yeah, he can. And so the question is, Rebel Yell or White Wedding? Which one? Oh. I'm going to probably go with Rebel Yell. Would you do White Wedding? I think I'd have to go with Rebel Yell. Yeah. You know another Eyes Without a Face? Oh, oh a that's a song, solid right? song, man. But solid. that's so different for Billy Idol, no, though. Yeah. But I mean, White Wedding great. and Rebel Yell are kind of the same tempo, the same just in-your-face groove, you know. Well, going back to our, our opening conversation about live music, if you want to see a group of people start jumping up and down and singing together in unison, put on Rebel Yell. That's one of those songs. Yeah. It's like Sweet Caroline, right? Yes, everyone sings in the you chorus. Can, and then you can not even... Yeah, no, you don't even have to be paying attention. You can be doing something else. You can be in the middle of a conversation, and, and Rebel Yell comes on, and that's it. Everybody, it's now a sing-along. Yeah. And everybody's happy, and everybody's bros. Everyone and loves it. Great song. So let me ask you this. This is something that I've noticed in the trends that a lot of bands, older bands, are releasing new songs. And they have the sound, sure, but they fall flat. They're not, like, this Guns N' Roses song, Absurd, is not Appetite for Destruction album material. If this was written in those times, it wouldn't have made the album cut. But they release it now. It does okay. So my question is... Why do they lose it? It's all the original members, well, as much as they could get. Let's let's be honest. It's Axel, Duff, and Slash. Everyone else at this point doesn't really matter who's playing with them. Those three, the main songwriters in the band. But yet, it sounds like Guns N' Roses, but it's not a hit. Now, is that because they're not paying uh, producers and other collaborators to come in? Or is it, and this is what I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards, is it the fact that they had all that fire when they were younger and they didn't have the money and they were hungry? And now... Didn't it just come out? Yes. It just came out. It just came out. But it doesn't have that hit quality. And maybe... But the not more yet. I, maybe no. not yet. But you maybe know, it if will, it just came say. out, I mean... Maybe I need to listen to it three or four or five or ten more times and all of a sudden I'll go, okay, this is the next uh, Mr. Brownstone. Well, this is, I think, where we sound uh, like get off my lawn, guys. Sure. I don't necessarily agree. I mean, I, I have only heard a bits and pieces of it. I thought the guitar riff was, was really cool. But you have to realize, right, there's a new generation that this will be what they know as Guns N' Roses, that, right? They don't okay. They don't. Uh, we always tend to forget with these classic bands that, that we've known for a long time. You sure. forget. Mm-hmm. There's a new wave of, of kids. To them, this will be their their wow moment with Guns N' Roses, and then they'll go back. 
and find and listen to appetite, appetite for destruction. Okay. Right? To I, them, I like this. That's you. You well, you forget because we were there for Appetite for we Destruction, were. which was again just a masterpiece. Uh, again, how, what can you say about it? An absolute masterpiece. But to some 14-year-old who's only heard of the legend of the album, mm-hmm. this is a song that he'll – this will introduce Guns N' okay. Roses to new new people who will then go back and go, oh, wow, their old stuff is really good too. But, I like that. I like that take on that. That that That's an interesting view. Well, and again, you know, we also get st- – I mean, everybody does it, right? You you think the fir- you know, whatever band you love, the first album is their best album or their – Second album is the best album, but um, mm-hmm. it goes back to what we've talked about before, right? Like, I don't think any band puts out a song going, wow, yeah, this isn't that good. You know, like, it'll do. They think it's the greatest thing they've ever written. Well, I, I, As a I don't know about that. both of us being a songwriter, I think if I come up with a new idea, it's much cooler than the stuff I did in my past. Okay, well, the other, the flip side to that, what if they put out a song that sounded exactly like... Sweet child of mine. Yeah, then, then people, then people would be saying, "Boy, they haven't grown at all." Yeah, they haven't done anything different. So yeah. I, this is where I sort of always side with the band. I think okay. you know, like, good for you. You don't want to put out the same record for forty years, right? I mean, no. Dare I even bring another topic for another day? But you know, all I have to say is the Black Album from Metallica. Right. Do you wow. remember how that was the apocalypse? Yeah. Yeah. Oh actually... my God, James Hetfield is singing. What is this slop? I can even go Do back you remember people wanted to fist fight when it was Master of Puppets? Yes. And then the Black Album. And, and everybody. Oh. Remember when one came out? Yes, everybody. The and there was a video. And they're like, what sellouts. Is this? Yeah, they're sellouts. And then, of course, Enter Sandman. And then, of course, well, they were sellouts again, by everybody. I, again, it's like, okay. well, so uh, what do you want? Do you want, if you want to listen to Master of Puppets, put on Master of Puppets, right? Sure. 25 years later. Good for you for doing a new, something different, right? Why would yeah. you want to write the same song over and over and over again? Progression of growing and becoming an artist. I get it. I would think it would be sheer boredom if you didn't, right? All right. I like that. All right, this is the Music and Concert Zone. We are going to take a short break. I am Johnny Lightfoot. You can find me at John, on Twitter at Johnny Lightfoot one Trent Falcone over here, you can find, find me him. at Johnny Lightfoot one <laughs> There you go. Dot com. You know, you should actually hit us up on Twitter and you by us, I mean me. And no, mention something. Is there an album you want us to talk about? Maybe something from your past? Maybe something current? We're always up for listening to something, and we're happy to take your suggestions on stuff. Anyway, I've gone too long. We're way over break, so let's take a short break, and we'll be right back. We're going to be talking about the concert calendar and upcoming shows right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. You're listening to the Music and Concert Zone with Johnny Lightfoot and Trent Falcone. Welcome back to Segment 3, 97.5, The Zone, the Music and Concert Zone. Johnny Lightfoot, Trent Falcone. What up? Counting Crows. Right? Yeah, I know. Hearing that uh, makes me upset that I didn't get tickets. That show, of course, coming up. I don't know the date off the top of my head, but sold out at I Red have it right here, actually. Sold right. out. And it's funny you bring that up, because right now we are going to talk about the upcoming concert. Let's just call it the concert catalog. Oh, no, concert. What should we call it? The concert. Uh, let's find a fun name. Things you should go to. Things you should go to. Get out right of the here. house. Go see some live music. 
Well, I'm going to talk about a few shows that are coming to one of my favorite venues, which is uh, Red Butte Gardens, their outdoor concert series for 2021. And as mentioned, yes, Counting Crows is coming. They're going to be here August 26th, which is a sold-out show. But three days before that, Trent, is an interesting show that has not been canceled, even with the death of Dusty Hill, recent death of him. ZZ Top is coming August 23rd. Yeah, we talked about that last week. Yeah, that's a that's... show that really piques my interest. Yeah, do you have tickets? I don't. This don't show is also sold out. So you, if you do have tickets, you are very, very lucky. Of course, uh, two nights later on August twenty fifth, Trombone Shorty and the Orleans Avenue, along with Government Mule, will be up at Red Butte, and down the road here, September twelfth, Kenny Loggins, and then one that's really interesting towards the end of September on September thirtieth. Emmy Lou Harris is coming. Yeah. A legend. Oh, of course. A legend. And she's going to be, looks like, with special guests Marissa Anderson and William Tyler. i got to be honest, I don't know who they are, but I'm sure it's still going to be a great show. What do you got for the concert catalog, uh, calendar? Well, let me back up. What uh, Are you a Counting Crows fan? I am. Do you yeah. have the, what, what's the, what's the best album? Greatest or your hits. favorite album? The Greatest Hits. Of course, I don't have a favorite. Don't have a favorite amp. album. I I let me, I'm a casual Counting Crows fan. Okay, I've seen them in concert. In fact, it was back at the Mohegan Sun in Connecticut, the second largest casino in the world. I just want you to know. Interesting. Good to know. Or in the U.S. Or Good in the to know. US. And uh, we were playing there, and we got we got free tickets, so I kind of went. But uh, I don't own an album. I just like all the songs that I hear on the radio. Interesting. So um, I saw them open for John Mayer. Years ago at mm. uh, at uh, USANA, or was it the other way around? Maybe, maybe John Mayer. I think they opened for John Mayer, but spectacular band. Um, what is coming up that I'm interested in? I'll tell you what I, is coming up on the. You're gonna have to spot check me. I believe August 27th. Okay. One of my favorite. We were talking about hip hop earlier. Uh, Cypress Hill. Wow! With atmosphere, really at uh, a, a new. It's a it's a the fir- one of the first shows out at uh, uh, Rio Tinto. They're do- they're going to start doing shows on the plaza of Rio Tinto. So not inside on the not field. inside. No, it's outside on the plaza. And um, not only am I excited to you know kind of see how that goes, but Cypress Hill again, just one of those great classic you know '90s hip hop bands. They're just mm. they're always entertaining. Uh, and atmosphere, so that one's going to be cool. I'm kind of a, I'm kind of looking forward to that. I'm going to be there as a fan. Yeah, and that's then uh, next weekend, that's, that's August 27th. Next, that's next weekend. Yeah, and then uh, another one I'm looking forward to is Coheed and Cambria. Oh yeah, with the Used, which is August 30th. Local band. Well, I mean, yeah, but Salt, not, not, yeah, sure. Salt Lake, uh, Salt Lake Darlings, and uh, well deserved. And August 30th, The Complex, both spectacular bands, both, um, I've seen them both many times, and uh, very entertaining, if that's your if that's your thing. If you like some good rock music. Sure, of course. Um, yeah, you can't go wrong. Absolutely, and of course, we can't not mention Kiss at USANA Amphitheater. Both Trent and I are big Kiss fans, if you don't know where have you been. That's all we've been talking about. Sure. But uh, Kiss is finally doing their end of the road tour, which means they're going to tour for another 10 years. Sure. Uh, that what happened on Cycle Circus was no the reunion show was not supposed to be their last tour. Cycle the farewell Circus. tour, yeah, the farewell tour. <laughs> yeah, Ozzy's uh, no more tours. No more tours. Tours. Nineteen ninety two. Yeah, yeah. Kiss is going to be the same one, but hey, I'll go every year. 
to see them. That's September 22nd at uh, at USANA Amphitheater. Of course, September 23rd, Atlantis Morissette with the Jagged Little Pill 25th Anniversary Tour. And September 24th, three days in a row, Trent, of awesome music. Lady A, all at USANA Amphitheater. You can get your tickets right now by visiting Ticketmaster.com. Pick your favorite show. There's lots of them to choose from. And go see some live music. And one last one that same week, Trent. You know what it is? It's another rock and roll legend. Uh, I mean, where are we talking? Which which venue? Where Maverick are we Center, Judas Priest. <clears throat> oh, sure. Judas Priest. September 30th, Judas Priest is bringing, uh, I don't know what their tour's called this time, but let's just say they're definitely one of heavy metal's all-time greats. They're going to be bringing their show to the Maverick Center. Tickets are available now. You can get them at, uh, was, was, was it uh, Live Nation? That, you can get that these, is, um, no, that's uh, Access. Access. AXS.com. Okay, there you go. And, of course, I'm going to talk about this other show that's coming to the complex because I think it's really cool to see this legendary guitar player in a smaller venue. Black Label Society. I was just going to say Black Label, Zach Wild. Zach Wild, yeah, who that's toured one. with Ozzy Osbourne throughout the 80s and 90s. You know, yeah. of course, we know Crazy Babies and Mama, I'm Coming Home, all those great hits. He's not going to be playing those. He's going to be playing Black Label Society's music, but you can catch them November 26th at the Complex. Tickets are also available right now. Get them. Go out. See some shows. Enjoy live music because it is awesome and it is back. Well, Trent... Great show, buddy. It's, this is like man, that was fast. It feels. Can we do another hour? Right, this hour feels like ten minutes. It goes by so quick. We love talking music. <clears throat> it's awesome. He is Trent Falcone. I am Johnny Lightfoot. This is the Music and Concert Zone right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. We will see you next week. All day.